Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you'd like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everybody, I'm your host Marcus. Um, just chilling by myself today. Don't forget if you want to join me on the show, you can check out my Patreon, we can get you on. It doesn't cost too much. You know, throw me a dollar, I'll have you on, whatever. Uh, and also you can submit your st- uh, story, so don't forget to keep submitting them. But let's just dive into the story we're reading today. It is called Honor and Death, and it's written by Griffin. And it looks like it's about Necron. I keep seeing the word dynasty pop up. So let's see where this story goes. The Pharon Saurank stood on his command barge overlooking the battlefield. The bloody light of the sun amplified by the burning cities around him. Tomb blades and doom scythes flew around his battle barge. Protecting their leader from hostile ships, below the barren volcanic landscape was empty save for a few cities that inhabited the planet one of the cities cities stood very stood one of the cities stood very still after the great sleep the gaelic dynasty had been reconquering what was theirs the dynasty's banners banners and flags waved overhead this planet volcaros was one that was heavily defended by the imperium invaders the planet was invaluable to them for it was a source of power crystals for weapons and ships the planet was defended by Astartes, clad in black and white armor. Sora Rink's hollow sights gave him a heads-up display of the battlefield. They gave him access to the Dynasty's vast information library. He could get information on any enemy or ally on the battlefield. The Astartes clashed with the forces of Necron, the rightful rulers of this planet and galaxy, but neither force made much ground. Every time a Necron cut down an Astartes, another took its place. Whenever Astartes cut through a warrior with a chainsword, another Necron replaced them as the fallen Necron repaired itself. Monoliths floated over the battlefield towards the front lines, transporting more Necrons from its eternity gate. 
The Astartes worshippers of the Corpse Emperor used their tanks to devastating effect. The Farron watched all this happen, looking disdainfully at the Astartes. These worthless humans have no right to rule this galaxy or planet. They believe they are better than us? Disgusting filth, he thought, watching the Imperium forces slowly get pushed back. Then the Necron line shifted. The Necron army froze for a second before turning to, to rage, charging the enemy lines with only the desire to destroy the attackers. They had no regard for their own lives, nor did they have to. They cut through the guardsmen and Astartes in their rampage, shouts and screams of terror and shocks emitted from the Imperium forces. This is the bane of Gaelic dynasty. All Necrons that were part of the original dynasty had the onset of becoming destroyers. Whenever in battle, always for a short time, the whole army would become destroyers and rampage on their enemies, killing just to kill. Whenever he watched this happen, Sorenk would feel great sadness. His cryptex managed to suppress the urge from Sarak and his guard, along with his barge pilots, but they could, do not for ev they could not do it for everyone. As such, the only records, the only Necrons that did not have the urge were the ones in command, and the Necrons that were taken from other dynasties. And it got worse over time, with the Necrons failing closer to the insane. Soon, he will be a sane ruler surrounded by insane warriors. That is the plight of the Gaelic dynasty, to go insane and not to be able to stop it. But for now, it was the thing that was winning all the battles for the Necrons. In a deep, grating voice, Sarenk said, Land! to his pilots. They landed on the battle on the barge on the volcanic earth and Sarenk disembarked. Next to him, a Gosark landed, carrying six Lichguard. They formed up on either side of him as he grabbed the staff of the Pharaon and his dispersion shield, crackling with bright blue energy. He marched towards the front line, three Lich Guard on either side, his body cracking with eldritch energy. He walked away, his energy grew, almost until it was a high wire. He rushed at the nearest Astartes and stabbed the staff into the joint in his armor, where his helmet and shoulder plates didn't connect. With his knowledge of Astartes' armor, born from weeks, months, decades of research and conquering, Sarenk could target the chinks in the armor. His Lichguard also had this knowledge and could do the same. Sark formed a point in the Necron line with himself at the head. They pushed the Imperium line, penetrating through it. The Astartes, and Astartes swung his chainsword, cutting off half Sark's left arm. Sark did not react, but just killed the Astartes as his arm slowly began to regrow. As Sarek and his forces pushed farther, a tank pushed towards the Necron lines. The tank blasted at a section on the line, blowing a hole in the Necron lines. Sarek was tired of this and he decided to end it. He raised a crackling blue orb that he carried above his head and a bolt of blue energy came down from around the sky and smote the Astartes tank. The energy transferred from Astartes to Astartes, killing all it touched. The orb had a small shard of the Satan giving Sarek a power to smite his enemies from afar. The Necrons pushed farther as the guardsmen realizing that they were losing. Some tried to surrender, but others were met by gauze fire. Others ran only to be shot by their own commissars. The rest fought to the death, dying and, and in Sarek's opinion, nobly. Better to die honorably in combat than to dis, uh, disgrace by retreat. The battle turned into a rout, 
Astartes and Dark Guardsmen dying in droves. Before long, the Astartes had all left, leaving the Guardsmen to fend for themselves. The Necron e easily slaughtered themselves after the battle was done. Sark went to the command ruined command bunker of the Imperium forces. He placed a flag and banner of the Gaelic dynasty on the bunker, causing cheers and shouts to rise from the surrounding Necron. In his command post, surrounded by cryptics, who were sending messages and monitoring the planet over areas, Sarek received a holographic transmission from the leader of the Imperium forces, an Astartes captain. Sarek, Pharaoh of the Gaelic dynasty, he said, I, Graylin Longsword, captain of the 14th Com Battle Company of the Black Templar, request you for your terms of surrender. My only request is that we will be allowed to withdraw our forces without conflict, if you allow. Okay, the, okay, okay, so... This story is getting a little crazy. There's some things that are happening that are really not 40k. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep reading, but there's some things that are happening. My only request is that we be allowed to withdraw our forces without conflict. If you allow, the captain's tone, please, sir. He, so he responded with, you may withdraw your forces peacefully. One condition. You must leave all Astarte's armor and tech that is uh, in the one city of your choosing. They are most interesting to study. Also, your forces cannot retreat to any planets in the system. They belong to us. If you do not comply, you will be eradicated off our planet. Graylin looked to the side, appearing to speak to someone on the side of him. Then, turn back around. We accept your terms. You will find the tech and armor of, in the city of Dalen. Sirk nodded his agreement before cutting contact. He turned to one of the, his cryptics, telling them to send out another stand down and let humans pass safely. As he walked away, another cryptic, Lord, is this really the best thing to do? Why risk giving the enemy another advantage? Why do we not destroy them now? Because that would be dishonorable. We made an agreement with them, and I will respect the agreement. If they do not respect it, we will correct their mistakes. Ready the pylons. If they do not do as I ask, we will shoot them out of the sky. After an hour, a cryptic told Sark that the armor and tech that were in Gaelic, that where Galen said it would be, the humans had honored their agreement. Sark watched as the Imperium ships left the planet and returned to the battle barges. They all left but one. As Sark watched, one cryptic reported orbital sensors had picked up a large amount of energy building on the Imperium ship. Sark knew what they were doing immediately. Exterminatus. Sark told the orders told orders to the cryptics saying, aim all pylons toward the ship and blow it out of the atmosphere. The cryptics were concerned watched hundreds, possibly thousands of lasers and beams firing towards the ship. They all hit in unison, destroying the ship. The energy that was being building overloaded and obliterated what was left of the battleship. Burning debris fell into the surface of the planet. Sirk spoke to his cryptics saying, open communications with Galen. Before long, a holographic image of the captain was in the command post. He began to speak to, before Sarek told him to quiet. Speaking slowly, he said, You broke your agreement. This is a stain on your honor. Your puny attempt to destroy us failed. Let this be a message to all members of the Imperium. As he turned and faced away from Graylin, Sarek motioned to his cryptics. They pressed a single button, launching a missile into the atmosphere and space beyond. Those who respect our agreements, he continued, will be respected. Those who break them, however, he paused as he heard from beyond Galen's video feed. Incoming missile! Galen turned back to Sarek, 
attacking ferociously. What did you do? There are to be civilians on those ships. You just killed... He trailed off as Sarek motioned for him to be silent. Those who would break them, he repeated. They will be destroyed and purged in fire. He turned towards Galen's video feed. You, he said, you broke the agreement and you... And you all others shall pay. The captain's video feed showed fire spreading and screams echoing through the video before it cut off. Sarenk turned around, looking at the distant bells of fire in space. This galaxy belonged to us and no one else. We shall purge the universe of the unworthy. Those that resist shall be bathed in fire. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Syrinx holocytes are similar to the eye. I think this is like a after, after mentioned note or whatever. Syrinx holocytes are similar to the eyes and goggles of the Adeptus Mechanicus. They show information instantly on everything in the universe, and Gaelic's dynasty obsessed with finding and recording information. That is <clears throat> why they always ask for material to study, be it living, specimens, or tech. The Gaelic dynasty has orbital sensors around every planet that they own or conquer. It gives them more knowledge and advantage of battlefield situations. The Gaelic dynasty crone world is the shadow world of Valen. Shadow world means it is covered in perpetual storms and mist and fog. It is very dark on the planet. In the Galen system, located in the Segmentum Tempestus, their armor is dark metallic gray with their faces and legs of the Scorpec destroyers a bright blue. <clears throat> the energy color is blue. <clears throat> Sorry. All leaders, overlords, lords, pharaons have gold accents on their armor. All warriors and, and immortals get bronze stripe on their shoulder plates for every 10 battles they fight in. And when they reach over 100 battles, their shoulder plates turn dark blue and their faces turn back to silver. They are obsessed with gathering information to take an advantage in battle. They have banners, flags that they fly over the battlefields because I'm a massive medieval history geek and it looks very cinematic in my head. That's interesting with the banners and flags. Cool. Sorak has a very high sense of honor and if you go against his agreement, as Graylin did, the Sorak will see it as a stain on your honor and destroy you. The Gaelic dynasty had a large number of knowledge on how to fight other Necrons as they need to bolster their forces as the original Necrons are going insane. This gives them an army of interesting mixed energy colors and banners, and Sorak allows conquered Necrons to keep their symbols of their old dynasty. But this just needed to change their armor and color. And yes, this is the army I play, or plan to play. Okay, very cool story. There are some parts I really enjoyed, there are some parts I just kind of was scratching my head there on what happened, but let, let's start from the beginning. Um, I feel like this whole story, I feel like you didn't 
quite get this. I feel like you didn't get the tone of character. I, I, I feel like I wasn't reading Imperial Guard characters, Astartes characters. I feel like I wasn't really even reading Necron characters. Like, maybe I'm just putting too much of what I think needed to happen into this. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not even sure how to properly describe it. I just feel like the Necron weren't Necron and the humans weren't really humans. It kind of just felt like a story. E even like the Necron, yeah, like none of it really felt like any of it. It just, I feel like if you could take out the word Necron, it, you could just put in any type of alien race and it would feel the same, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know how you'd go about getting it more Necron-y. I do like that your Pharaon is like completely obsessed with honor and stuff. Like to me, that is Necroni. Like that's pretty like, uh, you know, he's got clearly some glitch in his computer programming that makes him want to do this to an obsessive level. I think that's a cool little, uh, little tick. Um, like it's a blessing and curse to be able to be a man of your word, you know? You're, you're, you do things you say, but then you also have to do the things you say, and that can also be annoying too sometimes. So maybe that's kind of like his kind of downside, what kind of holds up the galaxy is like, they make vows where it's like, well, no, we swore to be on this planet and wait for 50 years. And now the whole dynasty is on hold for 50 years, you know, like it'd be interesting to see how you can play this up. I, I just like I like when you write armies, I like there to be very clear, like um, perks and draws. But I also like there to be the downside of it. I seen the perk of your army and some of the draws. And I really like that, like. Your army is slowly going insane from the destroyer virus where all they want to do is destroy. And yeah, you're, you're bringing in other people and now your armies are like this cool looking rainbow of different um, dynasties all joined together. And then yours are just like the destroyers. Very cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was a cool little story. Nice little battle. The, the one thing that, and this is like maybe more GW's doing than you're doing. I feel like in this story, the Necron, you made them all powerful. Like, it was just like, when they wanted the fight to be over on the planet, they're just like, okay, I'm just going to use this orb, and then the fight's over. Uh, when they wanted that ship gone from space, they're like, okay, the ship's gone from space. When they wanted to launch a missile across the system to destroy another ship, okay, they were just all powerful. So they were fighting, and you know, at the beginning, you, you were talking about how the battle was going either way, but then all of a sudden, they're just like, no, we can just do all this. We have all this technology. We can just do anything we fucking want. And that's, you know, the problem with GW, making them so fucking powerful where they can literally just snap their fingers and blow up suns, you know? So it's hard to ground that in, like, a level of reality and keep it so... Ah, yeah. It, it was just... It just felt like, you know, there was a real struggle, but then there really wasn't any struggle. They, did, they can just conquer anything whenever they want is how it made it felt. And, you know, I don't know. It's just not for me. The final thing I'm going to comment on it is just the whole Black Templar surrendering. Like, what the fuck was that? Even if the Black Templar was like, ha ha, we're going to surrender, get our guys off, and orbital bombard them. I guess I could see that happening, maybe, I suppose. But I just don't think I ever picture an, an Astartes surrendering, you know? But that's just me. You know, of course Astartes have surrendered. We have Astartes who have befriended Necron and gone on campaigns of war with them. I don't agree with that bullshit either, though, technically. You know, I'm a grimdark 40k veteran from back in the day. I don't want none of that friendship is magic shit. But, uh, yeah, it, it just caught me off guard to have a black... I don't know if you actually said he was a black Templar. I think he just said black and white armor. Um, maybe you did, I forget. But yeah, it just wasn't very Templar. Maybe if that was, like, an Imperial Guard commander that they were negotiating with, I, like, 
That's what I was saying. Like, the characters you chose, they just didn't feel like the characters you were trying to represent. You had an Astartes character who surrendered. Like, it just... That's kind of... You know, maybe if I read it again, I'd be able to point exactly to these spots where I'm like, that's just not how these things kind of work. Um, yeah. Yeah, like... I... I like the story. I like the bones. I liked a lot of the cool, in, like little information where it was like, yeah, the dynasties are all now working together. Yeah, we have banners because like the the Lord likes honor and pride. I like a lot of these things, but yeah, it's just a couple small tweaks. Um, but anyways, that's this episode. Griffin, thank you so much for sharing. I hope I didn't uh, ruin your day by shitting on your lore. I hope it made it a little bit better. But uh, you know, all in all, it was a pretty cool story. Um, oh yeah, you did say Captain of the Fourteenth. Uh, battle company of the black templars but yeah it was cool thank you so much for sharing don't forget if you guys want to join me on the show you can don't forget if you want to write me lore and share have me share it you can do that too so uh shoot me a message and thanks for listening to lore hammer listener lore see you on the next episode Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.